This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, it's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, August 8th. Wherever and however you have connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who is fine-tuning his dodgeball skills, always, Jerem Jordan. Dodgeball is really important in elementary school. Like, to be one of the, you know, kings of the grade or whatever, you've really got to get involved there, right? Zach Wilson must have been good at dodgeball because over the weekend, uh, you know, at a public practice, mm-hmm. he, he just sticks his hand out and catches the ball on the tip there. That was, uh, that was some real... Uh, you know, Billy Madison dodgeball vibes there, um, you know, as the New York Jets put out. He just catches it by the tip. That was, that's an unbelievable catch. Also, um, it, it's Steve Young catching the pass to win the game against Missouri in the 1983 Holiday Bowl. I mean, that, you forget, Zach Wilson caught a couple of passes. Jaron Hall threw a pass to mm. Zach Wilson against USC in 2019. Dude, dude's an athlete. Yeah, I believe the quote from Billy Madison when he does that one-handed stab of the dodgeball is, now you're all in really, really big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> as if they weren't already because an adult's playing against kids. <laughs> He's just throwing as hard as he can at these poor little kids. <laughs> dodge, well, reminds me of uh, the movie Dodgeball. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a dodgeball. And then uh, also the, <laughs> the, the Kenny Main and Stuart Scott Sports Center commercial where they're, they're doing, like, a community activity at, like, oh, yeah. a YMCA. Oh, yeah. But all of a sudden, they're just, like, stuffing yeah. everybody. Stuart's going, get that out of here! You won't sign the permission slip! <laughs> <laughs> There's, there is something super humorous about adults jokingly playing really hard against kids. Well, we, we saw this as well in... I uh, saw this over the weekend, bro, <laughs> at a girl dad camp. Like, for real? We're playing Ultimate Frisbee, oh. dads and daughters, and there's uh, this dude catching everything that should be going to the girls in the end zone, and I'm like, bro. Come on, man. Come on. Well, it's like Peyton Manning with his clinic of uh, yes, with kids SNL. for Saturday Night Live. Like, that's really funny, right? They're like, he's like giving him a tattoo. <laughs> Super funny. Yes. Uh, Fortunately for all of you, you're not in really, really big trouble with uh, our dodgeball skills. Yeah, you are. But you are all in tune for a loaded show lineup. Does BYU football have a better shot of cracking into a New Year's Six bowl game this year compared to last year? Oh, snap. Think about it for a little while. Yeah, we're going to dive into that subject in about five minutes. And is BYU football ahead of schedule in fall camp? We'll ask our dual threat analyst, Blaine Fowler, that question. More on the Zach Wilson one-handed grab. It wasn't his only highlight of the weekend. And will Jaron Hall start every game this season? Or is Jacob Conover due for a start or two? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Breaking sports news. The coaches pull us out, Spencer. The coaches pull us well, out. Well, well, well. And BYU's not in it. <laughs> what? Come on, man. Okay, uh, the Utes are eighth. Notre Dame's fifth, by the way. We like the AP poll here. Okay, Oregon's 12th. Arkansas's 23rd. Baylor, 10th. No BYU in the coaches poll, in the glorified sports information directors poll. Yeah, so that's exciting. How many votes did BYU get, Jerem? Where are they in the others Joyous receiving votes column? Okay, number 29 in the yes. coach's poll. What we were going for, top 30. 
Okay, uh, fall camp continues for the football team. They practice Saturday. They're going to practice today as well, of course. Follow BYU Sports Nation on Twitter for live post-practice interviews at about 2.30 Eastern time. And of course, you can catch those on demand on BYU Sports Nation Twitter as well. We'll hear how everyone is super salty about not being ranked in the first coach's The bowl. disrespect. <laughs> Puka Nakua and Clark Barrington, respected, named four-team preseason All-Americans, according to Pick 6 previews. And Kingsley Suomataia named the sixth most talented transfer entering the 2022 season in college football. That according to 24-7 sports. We love the preseason accolades, unless you're not in the top 25. Unless you're not in. Women's soccer held its blue and white scrimmage Saturday. White team won two to nothing, starting off with a goal by Bella Fellino. Oh, what a pass, Fellino! And the first goal of the match! What a great assist. Coming from Bailey and then Felino so coolly puts it away. An assist from one of those seven freshmen. A lot of those are hoping to make an impact this year. Yeah, there's some really talented freshmen. Super exciting. Uh, BYU plays an alumni game Wednesday, and then they're at North Carolina in an exhibition. Big time exhibition to really test their medal early coming up later in the week. Top 10 showdown, right? Woo. They're doing a yeah, promotional event in Chapel Hill to get more people there. For an exhibition. Even though it's an exhibition. I, well, I, I bet the students aren't on campus yet. So that's probably right. Yeah, they know who's coming to town, right? Depending national. Brigham. Up. Let's go. Brigham. Uh, Jerem, it's time that we mention our friends on the golf course. Oh, Specifically, former BYU golfers Patrick Fishburne and Peter Quest. Fishburne finished tied for second, and Quest tied for fifth at the Utah Championship. Daniel Summerhays yeah. finished tied for 30th. Carson Lundell did not make the cut. Hey, some Cougs on the links doing some work. Patrick Fishburne is on the cusp of getting his PGA Tour card. If he can pick exciting. up a few wins or an a win on the Corn Ferry Tour, he's very, very close. And Peter Quest isn't far behind him, so it'd be nice to see some, a couple of guys get back on the PGA Tour. This is golf school. Hey, just maybe the Live Tour opens up more opportunities oh, for guys like uh, Patrick Fishburne and Peter that would Quest be awesome. to get their tour cards, right? Yeah, guaranteed. That might even be tithing free money. <laughs> Depends on your ethics. All rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending sponsored by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU football 10-2 in the regular season a year ago. Yeah, let's phrase it like that. I like that. <sighs> yeah, I finished 10-3, but 10-2. The reason I bring up 10-2 is because yeah. with that 10-2 mark, they went into conference championship weekend watching with big eyes to see if just maybe there was a path that would get them into a New Year's Six game. Of course, the Cougars needed Oklahoma State to beat Baylor. One foot away. One foot away. Baylor wins. Baylor goes to the Sugar Bowl. BYU does not get into the New Year's Six game. They go to the Independence Bowl, and who cares what and happens after know, that? We, who cares what happens after that? We're going to a Power Five. We weren't motivated. It was a winning okay? season overall, okay? 10-2 and two in the regular season and a Power Five invite. Doesn't matter what happened in the bowl game. Back 12 champs. The question is, does BYU, with what we think is a more veteran, dare I say better team than last year, oh, snap. have a better chance at making a New Year's Six bowl game this season than they did last season? No, and it's not even close. Not even close? Not even close. Wow. It's a logistical thing, Spence. Okay. There are three bowls that have mm -hmm. at-large bids. Two of those are the semifinals. So <laughs> you, you, just, you have one spot, one at-large spot this year. Because the other will go to a group of five team. It's in the Cotton Bowl. So it ain't happening because the, the Rose, Orange, and, and uh, Sugar 
are going to have their conference affiliations. Now, there could be, you know, uh, there's not a strong showing from the Big 12 this year. And, uh, you know, they don't have a second at large, perhaps. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But chances are no. Uh, so BYU probably has to go 11-1 just to be in the conversation this year. 10-2 wouldn't do it because of fewer at-large spots. But also, I, I think this schedule is tougher. I, you don't have the lowly Pac-12 to run through uh, and go 5-0. and I kid, the Pac-12 is good. But, like, BYU took care of business, right? And, and it was a strong year for the Pac-12. Look at who won the league. Uh, then, then you have four preseason top 25 teams. Like, they, they, they're not going to pan out to be four in the top 25 when the season ends, probably. But, like, you're playing a really tough schedule, obviously, with Baylor and Oregon and Arkansas and Notre Dame that notably stick out, uh, a stat of interest. BYU has played 81 teams who won at least 10 games in a season okay. historically. Okay. Okay. 15 wins among those 81. Mm -hmm. I'd like that to be a little higher, right? But the point is, when you, when you play a team that ends up being good, it's hard to beat them. How many of those 15 were, like, Power 5 teams? Okay, now Power 5 is like a modern term. Utah last year is one of them. The other is 90 Miami. That's it. If Notre Dame is a 10-plus win team, it's hard to beat them because they're really good. Well, wait, we beat them in uh, 04 and 94. It's because they were like six-win teams those years, right? Well, what about Oklahoma when they were ranked third? They were eight and five. What about Pitt in 84? They were three, seven, and one. You need some teams to not be as good as you thought they were. I hope Oregon's not as good as people think they are. I hope Baylor's not that good. Notre Dame's going to be good. It's whether it's, you know, 10, 11, or 12 wins for them, typically. So that, that's, that's dope. I hope Arkansas is a... 8-5 team, not a 10-3 team uh, this year. Then you have a better shot at getting them. So th that's what we hope for. Unfortunately, there are fewer at-large spots available for this in the New Year's Six. BYU's going to be good, but our hope is that, okay, BYU can go do what it did to, like, Arizona State was ranked at the time, but they end up 8-5, and five, that kind of thing. At least BYU beat the defending Pac-12 champion Utah Utes head-to-head -head a year ago. Uh, the Pac-12 champs lost to the Pac-12 champs, <laughs> if you will. The Pac-12 de facto, the, the de facto South Division champions. champions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it comes down to just the number of available spots, and it's a rotating discussion year in and year out. So, and you correct me if I'm wrong, again, with two at-large spots available and one going to automatically the Group of Five representative, unless another Power Five conference has – a poor showing, as you pointed out. We're looking at, okay, maybe maybe two spots. Okay, maybe, right? One? Depending on there's, what. There's one at-large, Spence. Like, like th that's reserved for an at-large team. So BYU has to out at-large SEC three. So best SEC teams probably in the playoffs. Because who's, lo who's, lo who's locked in? Like, it's, it's, the, the uh, college football playoff is taking two bowl games automatically. Those are the Fiesta four spots. And Peach, okay, so the which, Fiesta and which Peach. traditionally are two at large in each. All so right. that's where it's tough. Yeah. So the Fiesta does not have an immediate tie to any conference Correct. year in and year out. They're an at large bowl game. The that's Peach why bowl has always been associated with that bowl game. At right. The Peach Bowl has kind of become, in some ways, it's uh, a Big Twelve SEC game. Too, yeah, we've seen a group. Of, we've seen a group of five team end up in the Peach Bowl before. Western Michigan played in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, like they can maneuver some spots depending were, on the year. I, I think they were cotton against Penn State that year. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it it just kind of depends. This is not a great year to try an at large. Last year, last year felt like the year. Right? Yes. Last year felt like the year because there were just 
an ample amount of spots available to crack yes. into the New Year's. There are three of the six that have conference affiliations for both teams. When those are the semis, that's a good at-large year. You get a chance there. So BYU has to out-at-large Big Ten, sure. two and three, SEC two and three. Here's how yeah. BYU takes that last spot. One, obviously, you got to be ranked in the top 12, right? Like, it feels like you have that, to be in the top 12. And that won't necessarily even do it. Okay. Because of the few. Correct. Um, just saying, like, like yeah. if you want to be in the conversation, so we're saying top twelve team. We're saying eleven and one with that. Okay, top twelve team. Well, I mean, ten they, were, they, were ten, they were ten and two last year with a perceived weaker schedule than this year. I think ten and two would, would put you right back where you were last year, like 11, 12 ish, but against a tougher schedule. So does that carry more weight? However, because there's only one spot, you have to be ranked higher than. An Ole Miss situation. Then the third best SEC right? team. Ole Miss was the third best SEC team last year, and they were clearly in under Lane Kiffin. So it, it really comes down to BYU versus third best SEC or uh, the second best Big 12 team. Or third best Big 10. Like how, it, good is, how good is the Big 10 this year? And it's how really many? Hard. Well, the thing is, but here's the thing. If your conferences, if you get into the college football playoff, let's say the SEC puts in two not, teams in the college football playoff, Jerem. They're not then obligated. The, then the third goes to the automatic tie-in with the SEC, thus opening another at-large spot, right? So it all depends on how many teams from a conference, and we think there will be two from the SEC, right? Probably Georgia and Alabama, because that's what happens every Perhaps. year. Okay? Yeah. That's a good thing for BYU. If you get the SEC with two teams in the college football playoff, then that opens up another at-large spot. So you got to probably be better than third-best SEC team. Well, pieces shift in that point, Or you have to have yeah. two SEC teams in the college football playoff opening up a perceived at-large, second at-large spot. Yeah, and, and pieces move, right? Like, okay, there's two SEC, the Sugar, this team. Well, how did the Big Ten fare? How did the Big 12 fare? Was the Pac, is the Pac-12 actually – are they good enough to produce two New Year's Six teams? No. Um, if there's – you got your Rose Bowl – team right and then you got that's gonna the that, that will be the case so, for the Pac-12 again is this, they'll have someone in the Rose Bowl this is a terrible year to try and at, at, at large now the good news is starting next year if BYU is in the Big 12 championship game it's got a great shot at making a New Year's Six game that's what it takes the third team from the Big 12 doesn't typically go to a New Year's Six game but if you can be the first or second best team obviously if you're best team in the Big 12 you're going to a New Year's Six game you may even go to the playoff if you're that good, right? Sure. Depends. Um, but next year, BYU finally has access to this in a way that it has not had ever. Sure. Now, And next year is not the year for BYU. 24 on. Next year is a rebuild, most likely, for BYU. Well. But we're in on this year. Yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> let's, let's hope that BYU is replacing their quarterback next year because that means Jaron Hall has a fantastic I, year. I want healthy. it to be a rebuild. He goes to the NFL. Because I want this year to be amazing. I want this year to be amazing. Jaron Hall's and back the cost next year. Is next year. If Jaron Hall comes back next year, it means he got hurt. Something's gone wrong. I don't want something I, has gone wrong. Frankly, you would think. I, frankly, I almost don't want him because I want this year to be so good. Does so that make the, sense? The question is, do they have a better chance of making a New Year's Six game? I think BYU has a better overall team than they did last year. But they don't have a better chance because of the logistics of the yeah. bowl setup. And I'm not even buying in. Like, yeah, the schedule is a little bit tougher, but because BYU is a better team, the schedule is tougher. I feel like it's a wash. It just comes down to number of available spots. Which are fewer, so it's harder. So they do yeah. not have a better chance based on logistics. Yeah. But root for the SEC to put two in the college football playoff, open up another at-large spot, and 
at a minimum, 10 and 2, then BYU will, quote unquote, be in the conversation. 11 and 1, you're really in it. And that, even then, that might not be enough. Just take care of business on September 3rd, please. And how many days? Countdown to the Bulls. 26 days. 26 days away, under four weeks. Feels like it's closer, but it's not close. We still have a ways, right? We got some stuff. We were counting this thing down from 200 plus. So we did, we did 300 plus. <laughs> when we first, when we oh, first yeah. rolled this out in 2014, we started in January. Like 300 something. No, yeah. Well, yeah. the logistic, that would have been or nine two, months. So it was 260 two something. something. Two, 260 or something like that. It, it was, was Connecticut, countdown to the Huskies. It was fun then. It's been <laughs> eight years. 26 days away from game number one. Our question of the day Do you think BYU has a better chance? At making a New Year's Six bowl game this season compared to last season, let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU Uniforms on Twitter says, I get it. Not realistically, but maybe BYU gets a good location this year and offsets the worst bowl experience I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it was no. pretty miserable in Shreveport. It was oh, pouring. It, it was cold. It was and windy. And BYU loses. And BYU ended up losing. Oh. A reminder that BYU is a bowl free agent. Now, BYU is not going to go to a bowl that isn't owned by ESPN. Hawaii it's Bowl. Going to, Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii Bowl again. That was... New Year's Eve. That was a great bull set sorry, sorry. until the game. Christmas Eve this year. Yeah. Slated again, just like it was oh, the last time they were. We caught a red eye. We were out of there. The now Hawaii right Bowl the slated for Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve in paradise, hey, anyone? Hawaii it. Bowl as a fallback if you don't get into New Year's Six? Let's just stay this time. Right. Why'd we leave so fast? <laughs> Take the family. <laughs> It'll be super cheap, right? Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, hashtag, Facebook, and Instagram. Hashtag per diem ain't, ain't paying for that. <laughs> Coming up. Maybe Tyler's, uh, Tyler, Taylor Sanders' best spike ever will show you. Ooh, a little volleyball love. And Blaine Fowler joins us next. What does he think about BYU's New Year's Six chances this season? Is he higher than uh, we are on the logistics? <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, check out after further review, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app as the guys preview players like Malik Moore, Caleb Hayes, D'Angelo Mandel, and others as we get ready for the season. We are live at Studio C. This is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. I just had another epiphany during the break in our New Year's Six conversation and BYU's chances to crack in. Place of revelation. Notre Dame can absolutely not be involved, Jerem, because they're another independent. Well, BYU can control that. If BYU, be, maybe that's a New Year's Six play in a bracket buster. Oh, my gosh. On a, October 8th. It's a quarterfinal. Yeah, Notre Dame cannot be involved because if Notre Dame's taking a spot, good night, it's all over. Right? They're just like, it's not happening. That, that would be yeah. the at-large spot. So, two SEC in the well, college football playoff. Notre Dame not in the mix. They have like a pseudo connection. Uh, Once every five years with the ACC and the Orange Bowl. Yeah, it's like something like that. Yeah, Orange. It's ACC versus Big Ten SEC or Notre Dame. Okay. Well, it wouldn't be ACC versus Notre Dame because yeah. Regardless. Could, could be. Yeah. No, Regardless. Could be. Just root against Notre Dame. 
that, that, not only in the game, but like to be in that conversation that will, quote unquote, help BYU. I think that's pretty easy for this fan base to get behind. <laughs> Joining us Given now no is our dual threat analyst. He is an excellent insider of BYU football information. Blaine Fowler is with us once again. Uncle B, welcome back to the show. What's up, guys? Hey, hey I, I, agree with, I agree with that whole with what you just said, Spencer. And I don't think – I think we root for Notre Dame, but we, we root from the trip up like twice. And one of those is when they play BYU. We want them. Yeah. We want them like just outside um, of consideration. So we want them like nine and three. Um, and we want one of those three losses to, to beat to BYU. And then BYU goes 10 plus. And then all of a sudden that Notre Dame win does a couple of things. It, it, and as essence knocks them out and puts BYU in, but we need them to be good so that that win looks good for BYU. So I, I get, I get your logic, but we can't root against them. We just need to root against them just a couple more times other than the BYU. Game. Fair enough. Yeah. And if Notre Dame goes 10 plus wins, they're a really good team. That's going to, that'd be an amazing win. There's not a ton of those type of yeah. wins where you go power five, that team won 10 plus like it's Miami and it's Utah uh, from what I looked at um, all time in BYU history. It's hard right. to get those wins. Um, coaches poll, no BYU in it. Um, we like to make fun of that poll because the sports information directors poll. Uh, but were you surprised BYU wasn't in it? <laughs> that's a true. That's a true statement. And yes, I was surprised they were in it. Um, the, the, with what BYU has coming back, folks that actually look at it um, would just go. At, they're at least a top twenty-five team to start the season. Um, so I, I'm a little bit surprised. But as you guys have mentioned, that that poll is not one that a lot of research is done. I feel like the AP poll does more. Re like the AP <laughs> voters actually go look up the teams and read a little bit about, and they go, oh, man, they've got a potential draft pick quarterback coming back that was really good this last year. they got all these linemen coming back. Puka Nakua is back. Um, most of their defense is back. Yeah, this was a this was a, rate, a ranked team last year. Yeah, they're, they're somewhere in there. Maybe I, I put them at 23. So any reasonable human that studied a, a shred would have them in their top 25. Blaine Fowler is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, the Cougars, we think, need to win at least 10 games, Blaine. So let's stay on that line of conversation and the New Year's six chances for BYU. Where do you think BYU's shot legitimately falls in terms of comparing it to last year? Do you feel like because BYU's a perceived better team, even though there are fewer spots available, the BYU has a better shot to crack into the New Year's six? Or is it just logistically too tough? I do think it's logistically tough, but I think this schedule sets up fine. I actually think the P5s that BYU plays this year have a chance to be overall better than the P5. Even though they played one more last year, I feel like based on who's coming back on all these, and remember, this is this is based on actually some research, right, unlike the coaches' <laughs> poll, that, that the schools that, that BYU has on this schedule, by and large, they all have a chance to be good. So I don't I don't see any um, where these teams go and just fall on their faces. I'll, uh, I, I hate to downgrade the team that I played on in '84, but Pittsburgh fell on their face after we played them. Yeah. Right? They didn't. They weren't who they were supposed to be. I don't see these teams falling on their face. Well, Stanford is going to be who who they are. I actually think they may be better than people are giving them credit for. The rest of that schedule, I feel like, are going to be teams that are you know are good and have 
eight, nine wins. And so I think BYU has a chance to have a much stronger at the end of year strength of schedule and some wins against some quality opponents. You already talked about Notre Dame, who may be the best of all of those. Uh, I think Oregon's a big opportunity. I think they match up fine with Oregon. And Oregon, in a really weak North Pac-12 this year, has a chance to, to look really, really good. So um, if they get to 10 wins based on this year's, the teams that they're playing that are P5s, I think they'll be ranked higher than they were last year at that same, you know, when BYU was knocking on the door. Um, so, and I always feel like if you go back and look historically, when is BYU special? When do they get 10 or 11 wins? It's typically when they have a returning starting quarterback that's experienced, that everybody's considered a high-level NFL-type talent, um, and when they have a bunch of linemen coming back. When that combination happens at the same time, they're, they're usually good. Those are the seasons that produce 10-plus wins. And I look at this offensive line, it's as deep and as big and as nasty and as talented as maybe they've ever had. That's some phenomenal offensive linemen, but as a group, I'm talking 10 deep. It's a big wow when you go out there and watch them. And, and then you have a quarterback in Jaron that I feel like already in fall ball just looks better than he's ever looked, and he's healthy, and that's a key keep him healthy. You throw Puka Nakua out there, who's an NFL talent at wide receiver. Gunnar Romney, who's an NFL talent. A big group of tight ends that can all play. Chris Brooks, I think, is the real deal, but they're deeper than than just Chris Brooks at running back. And all of a sudden, you start to go, wait a minute. These, that's the formula, typically, for BYU to win 10. And so I think if they're 10-plus with this schedule and those teams do what they're supposed to do, BYU's going to have a stronger case this year than they had last year. 100%. And uh, it'll be interesting because there's the give and the take of, well, if you beat these teams, typically they weren't as good as we thought. So BYU needs a couple of these teams to, to win 10-plus, and BYU wins. Um, and this is a team that's ready for it, Blaine. This is a team that in 2018 and 19 goes 7-6 and six and go through their druthers so that in 2020, 21, and now 22 – they can have a great year. You mentioned Jaron Hall. Obviously, having a great quarterback going into the year gives us a ton of confidence sitting here going, BYU's going to be good. It's just how good. What have you noticed from him in fall camp so far that makes you think he's taken a step up even from last year? I, I just look at the decision-making. Like He's always seemed really poised from, from day one, but sometimes early in his career, he looked poised, and I was just going, get it out. Get the ball out. Come on. Now he's there. On the break. Go, go, go. Um, and the ball would come out a little late. He was – way better last year but there were times i was like oh he's just a little too cautious get the ball into the middle of the field that inside breaking route it's there throw it i felt like at the end of the year he got even better at that and i'm nitpicking here like i'm but remember who i'm comparing him to right i'm i'm comparing him to to some of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game in college that played at BOU, the steve young's and the jim mcmahon's but now this fall all of a sudden he has such a command of the offense and he's so confident and on the same page with his guys that all of the throws were a year and a half ago. I was going, why doesn't he just get the ball out? The ball's coming out. It's on time. It's in a good spot. It's got tons of velocity on it. And I'm just thinking, man, he's he's to the point where I'm thinking, yep, this is an elite, elite level player. Because elite level players just don't have all the physical skills. He's always had that. Zach Wilson had that as a sophomore. Elite level players, then all of a sudden the decision-making process becomes so quick that they're way ahead of the defense and the ball's coming out before the defense can react. That's where I feel Jaron Hall is right now. That's the difference between great and really good. 
Blaine Fowler is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, do you feel like at this point, BYU overall as a team, not just Jaron Hall, is ahead of schedule in training camp? Yeah, I, I feel like they're. I feel like because defensively, there's some guys that are stepping up that we weren't really talking about much going in. You know, coming out of spring, there's a little bit of buzz, uh, but there's some guys that where I had questions, like at linebacker, I had questions and. Kavika Gagne is one example or where you're just going, whoa, this this dude is giving him some depth. I wasn't even – I didn't even mention his name last year coming off of an injury. And and all of a sudden I'm going, this guy can rotate in and play. Like he's going to be really, really good. Um, and, and then and then um, Peely was a guy that I was like, is his mind going to turn on? Is he going to be able to play full speed? And um, as of three practices in, it's like, oh, baby – I, I watched him uh, in a drill, uh, which was a welcome to college football to the freshman he was going against drill, come <laughs> up, two-hand arm shiver where the freshman tight end's head snapped back, um, and he just dropped him to his knees and defended the run. And I thought, oh, baby, that's what BYU missed last season against the run when he got hurt and wasn't in there. Just a tough-as-nails inside run defender that people aren't going to knock off the ball that's going to step up in the line of scrimmage and make it tough to run. Um, so he's a pleasant surprise at where he is coming back from that knee. Um, uh, it, I we keep Nobody ever talks about Ammon Hanneman. And, and everybody's like, well, the safeties, and I'm watching him at strong safety going, this dude can flat out play. Have you ever met a Hanneman that's not a crazy athlete? <laughs> they just don't, it's fair. They don't have them. Like, do, do they, they don't raise kids that aren't – not so crazy athletes and and Ammon is right in that mold and I feel like the light bulb's coming on for him where he's really understanding where he's supposed to be and I think he's going to have a breakout where he's going to be really good and could man that strong safety spot and have we even been talking about Ammon Hanneman I know I haven't but I feel like we should be we should be talking about him now because I think he's going to have a big impact and and John Nelson, I think, is playing phenomenal. At, at, and he can play inside or outside on that D-line. The D-line's way deeper than I thought they were. And then and then the one that, that's really standing out is Gabe Judy, the transfer yeah. at yeah. corner. And I'm just looking going, just go watch one-on-ones and see who can cover. And all of a sudden you go, whoa, you, you've got D'Angelo Mandel. You've got Caleb Hayes. You've got Jacob Robinson who's playing corner now. You've got – you've got Gabe Judy you like you're going that's four really good base press man cover guys that can cover people all over the field and I love their mentality I in spring ball I watch this and I see carry with the fall D'Angelo Mandel like he just takes a rep and he's going back to get on his knee and have a rest or to walk over and rest it's not he'll be back in like three or four rotations and then Puka Nukua comes up to the front of the line and and D'Lo goes oh no hey I got I got him he wants to go against the best on the offense that there is. And, and Puka wants to go against him. So I see these elite players and that's, and I feel like that attitude carries over and Delo's examples carried over. That's what Gabe wants to do. And that's what, uh, that's what Robinson wants to do. And that's what Hayes wants to do. Who's a really, really good lockdown cover guy. And, and so all of a sudden there's this mentality of confidence at that corner position and when you have four guys like that, and it's, and they have more than just those four, but they're four really good cover guys, man, you can do a lot of things defensively that you maybe haven't done in the last couple of years when you have that kind of confidence. So I think the defense is way better than I thought they were going into camp. Now that I look at it in a, as a whole, 
we knew the offense was going to be good and they're going to be good. If they're not a top 10 offense, then I'm going to be, I'll be very disappointed if they're not a top 10 offense defense. There were some questions and I'm getting some answers early that make me feel really good that this team can be a special kind of a team. He is our dual threat analyst. Blaine, for the record, you are way ahead of schedule in fall camp, my friend, but that's not a surprise. <laughs> no, did, don't you remember Spencer? What I said, I was going to lose 10 pounds by fall camp. I remember that. I, well, I've been in the gym like crazy. I've been doing all kinds of exercises, and the one exercise I have been neglecting terribly is push-aways, um, <laughs> meaning push away from the table, push away from the refrigerator, push away from the cabinet at 9.30 at night. It's the one exercise that I have neglected away. in my off-season work, and I don't care how many bench presses I do yeah. or how many squats, until I get push-aways into my regular routine, I'm just going to stay the fat guy that I am. That's all there is to it. Here's to strength for pushing away, Blaine. Thanks for the time, my friend. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Station. He's the best. The push away. Uh, shout out to Junaro Guilford for developing that group to where they are talented and deep and we're oh, excited man. to watch the corners, right? It was such an interesting dynamic. And we're going to get to watch a little bit of practice again today. But to watch the secondary go against – BYU's offense, like, because Jaron Hall is protected, so, like, he's not being super pressured, but he has nowhere to throw the ball downfield. It's hard. So it's just, like, this long developing it's play, hard. no pressure yeah. on the quarterback, but nowhere to throw. When there's a check down, which he told us is annoying to have to throw. Well, he likes to check down if it's there, right? But, like, to throw against eight is tough. Okay, coming up, what was the best Zach Wilson play of the weekend? You know, Gunnar Romney has caught a lot of passes from Jaron Hall in his career and quite a few in fall camp. But did he just make his best catch of this fall camp? You'll answer that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Interact with BYU Sports Nation on social media by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jeremiah Spencer. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. BYU Football posted a Jaron Hall to Gunnar Romney highlight Saturday. Is this a catch? Let's take a look. <laughs> it looks pretty good from Gunnar. And okay, so that angle, it looks like a catch. Hard, yeah, it looks, looks like, like a catch. catch. Gets the pat on the back from D'Lo. That's good coverage yeah, by D'Lo too. Crawley. Right, yay! Is, is the ball trapped on the ground between his legs as well? Like, I don't does, that, know. does the nose of the ball hit the ground? Because if the nose of the ball hits the ground, then it's probably not a catch. So that angle you can't tell. But after further review, Jerem, that angle right there makes me think that that's probably oh, getting. Oh, over, we're going back. We're going probably back. Probably getting overturned as. Right. Uh, or is his left hand under? Is his left hand under? His two hands are up. It falls down. I think that's incomplete. It all depends on what was called on the field. If it was called a catch, there's not this enough is, evidence to overturn this that. This is fall camp. It's a catch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If that's called a catch in camp, there's not enough evidence. Yeah. Video replay to say also, that it's not. This was a road game at Oregon. It was packed well refs. That's definitely a catch. Okay. Uh. Just across the way from uh, where BYU football is practicing, Jim McMahon a couple of weeks ago had an interview with Eli Manning. And Jim posted a photo and a still shot from Eli's places. While Eli was wearing a headband in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, like my man, like McMahon rather. It says ESPN Plus. What would you write on your <laughs> headband in a picture with Jim McMahon? Allow beards at BYU. 
That's what I want. Yeah. If it's a picture with Jim, mine would probably say honor code, right? <laughs> honor code. <laughs> Come on. Did you see the Bodie tweet that Bodie retweeted of Jim with like a big old case of beer? It said, hey, we can't have this at this party as Jim McMahon carried the beer away from the party to the <laughs> trash can. Yeah. I, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. I was like, well, what? Yeah, honor code. Yeah, That's honor code. Probably what Any I would team do. Tempest. Oregon announced it wants its fan to wear, fans to wear yellow to the BYU game, meaning they're probably wearing yellow, right? Uh, what would be a good combo for BYU to wear in that game? If Oregon goes with the highlighter yellows, for sure BYU should go with something predominantly blue. I highlighter think, blue. I would think that it's probably navy, just so like they're easier to see. Like if, so for Jaron Hall, as the quarterback, you want his sight lines to be clean and clear and like have no, you know, confusion about the defense so if they're in yellow go with the navies on that green field right and it's a day game by the way it's going to be bright it's going to be warm in september i agree navy needs to be the color the the shirt specifically if they go highlighter yellow navy helmet it doesn't necessarily matter that's fine yeah navy top is the most important yeah. right yeah you go white pants navy top navy we went navy today just go navy no. if they're indeed wearing highlighter by yellow. the way we talk about wardrobe what once a year maybe we talk about the tuxedos on Y Awards well, Day. Well, that one's obvious. But we, then, don't, we don't talk about what the other's wearing that Media day. day. Sometimes we wear the, we same, wear the same shirt, and I'm like, no! Now, the wardrobes are so extensive, it's really tough to end up in the same shirt. I wish mine were more extensive. Oh, with BYU gear as well. Oh, with saying, BYU gear. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. much BYU gear. Like it's, sure. it's, it's, that's why it's an anomaly. Okay, on we go. The New York Jets tweeted out three separate highlights from Zach Wilson over the weekend, his one-handed catch that we already showed you. It was Odell Beckham, if you will. A no-look flip to wide receiver Garrett Wilson, which the Jets said, the Wilsons! And a handoff to Wilson! a young Jets fan with cerebral palsy, scored a touchdown, team celebrated around yeah. the kid. Oh, an emotional cool. moment. What was the best Jets highlight of the weekend featuring Zach Wilson? The handoff certainly amazing. Um, to me, it's the dodgeball moment. That pick is like nice. That it, it, and here you see the uh, the handoff. Like this is to AJ. undoubtedly the feel-good, emotional, most important, most impactful yeah, moment sure. of That's the weekend. Awesome. But in terms of just straight-up football highlight, and let's hope the Jets can open those kind of lanes. You know what I'm saying? They need, the they need to. Go. They need to if they're going to win at least seven games. <laughs> Approximate the playoffs <laughs> at least. Uh, yeah, the one-handed catch is the most impressive. Yeah. That that feel-good moment, that yeah. takes the show, right? Of course. That's the whole thing. Of course. Bella Felino's leading returning score for the women's soccer team. She scored first in Saturday's blue and white scrimmage, as seen right here on the Beaver Team. Yep. Over under 12 and a half goals last season. Or this season. Now keep in mind, Michaela Coulihan and Cameron Tucker went for 18 and 16 individually last year. Wow. Number one scoring offense in the country. Bella was at nine. Um, yeah, I think she's going to be just over 12, 12 and a half. Like, I, I think she can get to 13 for sure. Nice. Which would be a huge season. I'll go just a hair under. She's going to get 12. Okay. There, there will be some nice distribution among Brecken Mozingo and Rachel McCarthy's going to have a breakout year, I think, is kind of that Cam Tucker forward. So and we I hope so. I think there will be a nice distribution of like three or four players that go 10 plus. It'd be nice to have two go 10 plus. Then BYU's really in business again as a top 10 team. Two will go 10 plus. I'm pretty confident. It's going to take that type if of not performance for, for BYU to stay in the, the elite echelon of the rankings. Okay, Jerem, back to men's volleyball, because it's been a while since we've gone there, and uh, specifically for our boy Taylor Sander. 
Is this his best spike ever? This was, this is, so he's playing beach now with Taylor Crab. Watch. From Long Beach State, watch this. Da -da! Uh, okay. That's inside the 10 foot line, if you will. And he kind of <laughs> stares down at his opponent, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it might be. Let me tell you about one that uh, <laughs> just, to thump it off the sand into the stands is amazing. So one time Taylor, as a player at BYU, hit a ball so hard off of, off of someone trying to dig it that it went to the ceiling and wedged itself in there during a match. I've wow. never wow. seen that since in like 14 years of doing games. So maybe play. that's his best ever? I thought that was pretty cool. Maybe his best ever. But inside 10, off the sand. There's like the a stands. gajillion like pipes that he's hit. Whew. One time he had eight kills in the fifth set against USC. They played a 15. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. That so one, fun. That one's pretty sweet. So fun. The, the one on the sand, that's it's pretty that's good. Pretty dude. sweet. Okay, coming up, rise a shout out to an incredible event on camp. And let's play some more over under. We just did over under on goal score to Bella Felino. Let's take that to the BYU football camp. All right and tackle a number of big-time subjects. No pun intended. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU football is practicing today. You can watch post-practice interviews at about 2.30 Eastern time on BYU Sports Nation's Twitter. It will be there on demand as well. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio C. It's time to play fall camp over under right now. Again, we discussed the goal scoring for Bella Felino of BYU Women's Soccer. So let's take it to football camp now with the Cougars, Jerem. I'll start it off with Chris Brooks. And we bring in some highlights from fall camp that you can watch while we discuss these hot item ticket or hot ticket items, I should say. Chris Brooks. Oh, a little option there to Chris okay. Brooks? Yeah. Okay. Chris Brooks Gary mode Cron activated. Gary Cronin, is that you? Hey, Jeremy. Chris Brooks will have over or under 1,250 yards of total offense this season. I love that number because I think he's going to be around there. I'll go over by hair because uh, Tyler Algier had 200 yards, well, almost 200 yards receiving last year, not to mention the 1,600. I think he's a thousand yard rusher, if not more, if not 1100, and then he's got one to 200 receiving yards. So I like that number, and he goes over. Yeah, it's going to be just over. I feel like Chris Brooks behind that offensive line is going to average, he'll probably average 100 yards a game rushing. If he averages 100 yards we a hope game so. rushing, then that's, that's that, 1200 yards right there. That's a high average for me. I think he's probably in like the 80, 90 range. Okay. A game. Even if he's at 90. To get to 1100, yeah, 100 a game, you're going. I mean, 12 games right. times averaging 90 yards a game is 1,080 yards for the season. That's what I'm thinking. Right? He's like in the 1100 range. Listen, if he's healthy, if Jaron's healthy, if the old line's healthy, over. yeah, he can go yeah, after that. That's, that's no definitely an over for me. Okay, Chase Roberts, uh, you know, uh, redshirt freshman. Uh, receiver will have over under 15 catches this year. Man, this one's tough. And I had to nice kind of play a comparison in my mind where I was like, okay, he's going to be a freshman. He's coming off of his mission. He looks great. Gunnar Romney had 13 catches. Did you see what just happened after that? <laughs> yeah. He catches it and then he goes to like celebrate to the defender. Yeah, that's okay. Ready? Here. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Well, that's a freshman move, right? That's hilarious. Retro, bro. Okay, Gunnar Romney had 13 catches his freshman season. 
But Chase is more developed in the program, yeah. and so I think that he's going to go just over 15 catches this season. I go over because seven players had 18-plus last year. We think he's going to be in the top seven, right? Yeah, uh, for I, sure. I, th- I think it's fair to think he's 18 to 25. How many? Yeah, the tight ends. Okay, so if you've got two tight ends that go 15-plus, then Nakua and, and Hill and Greta Romney and Cody Epps. Like, he could be in that range. Yeah. He can be on the I think in he'll there. be just over 15. He'll be in there. Okay. All right. The BYU run defense, Jerem. Um, 81st in the country in the country last year in yards per carry allowed. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about hey, just getting like the top 50, okay, in total defense. Specifically though, in yards per carry allowed, will yeah. BYU be over or under number 50 in the country this season? Top 50, yes, they'll get to that. If not, that's tough. BYU still went 10 and three despite that. Just think what happens if BYU can control the line of scrimmage a little bit better against Baylor, against UAB, right? Boise State was Certainly a turnover against fest. Boise State. Uh, wasn't a big issue against Boise State, frankly. That was more a turnover game. But uh, Baylor, you're probably always going to lose that game. That was tough. But UAB, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I'd, I'd say top 50. I feel like that's a pretty significant jump, you know, when you look, man, 31 it's spots. But it's all, exactly. So, it's like, you think 31 yards. spots, that's a lot, but it's only .4 yards. So, I think BYU's defensive front and their linebackers specifically filling those gaps are more capable this year. They will be around 50th. So I think just under the 50th. Super 45 un- to 50. Our super unbiased opinion here. Uh, Frankly, if they're like top 60, it's still much top better. Top 60 works. Top half of college football. BYU offensive line will allow over under 10 sacks. That's an aggressive number. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love the offensive line. Uh, if they can get, that's less than one sack a game. <laughs> Against some really, really, ma- really good yes. opponents. Yes, think of those D lines at Arkansas. Well, I Oregon, love the Baylor, I Notre love Dame. the offensive line. That is that's really aggressive. So I'm going to say that they'll allow over 10 sacks this season. I'd say over as well. Last year was 15. The year before that was 12. Those are excellent numbers. The year before that was 28, dog. 28. Yes. So 10 is too. That's uh, no. Against this like, schedule, it's too aggressive. It's too aggressive because Notre Dame's going to get a sack or two. Okay. okay. That's a safe assumption that they will get a sack or two. Yeah, well, Baylor, okay. will Arkansas, Baylor, or Oregon, Arkansas, right? No. Well, Boise State on no. the road. Well, BYU allow fewer than 20 is probably a yes. Fair and I think yes that they will the allow less yeah. than 20 sacks. Jacob Conover. <laughs> Getting plenty of work in fall camp. Number two, baby. Yeah, he's he's the clear number two, we think. No, he is. Okay. That's a fact. Will he play in over under three and a half games this season? Just playing. Over. Just over. playing. Over, because he's going to mop up duty against Utah Tech, East Carolina, Liberty. We hope Boise Ooh, State. Man, Liberty BYU is only State, a two-point favorite. Wyoming. Or five-point favorite. Like, one, like the final drive to kneel it out ain't a big deal if it's like a two-score game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, play. We hope BYU does not get blown out in any games, See, and then he enters. That's that's the tough. That, yeah, the real question is three and a half is low. No, will, he's playing. In will four he plus. start any games this season? We hope zero. That's that's we, what we're hoping for. Yeah. Just frankly, and then next year maybe he starts thirteen. Well, he probably he'll, he'll take some snaps for sure. He'll play in over three and a half games. Yeah. Let's hope it's just mop up duty though. Yes, exactly. Coming up, who's gonna get that elite voice of the day? And a rise and shout out to one of the best camp events BYU's athletics department holds all year. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. 
BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps and uh, subscribe, rate, and view to the podcast as well. Our question of the day, does BYU have a better chance at making a New Year's Six Bowl game this season compared to last season? It came down to championship weekend, one yard short of BYU having a window potentially into the I would game. say a foot. Man, oh Like, man. it was so close, right? Oklahoma In- State. Inches. Inches. Out. Didn't get it. At 86, W.I. Coog on Twitter answers, BYU would need to go 11-1 and to have a shot at a New Year's Six, and that one loss would have to be against either Baylor, Notre Dame, or Oregon. A 10-2 and BYU would fall just outside just like last year. Probably. And 11-1 and might as well. Like we talked about, there were fewer New Year's Six at-large options because the Fiesta and Peach, which do two at-large each for total, are the semifinals. So it is a hard year to get and at-large bid as a New Year's Six. Yeah, the best-case scenario, we think, regardless of how it shakes out, is that there would be two at-large spots, right? There are a number of ways to make that happen. There's guaranteed one. There are some things that could happen to open up a second. Like, BYU's going to have to have a second at-large spot open up, and you're probably going to at least have 10 wins to be in the conversation. 12-0 ensures you're in the New Year's Six. You're in the playoff convo at that point. 11-1. and one, I think you you're, in the, you're definitely the New, you're, in the New Year's Six. You're the at-large spot. You are in a great spot. No guarantees that you're that team. 10-2, and two, you're probably out. You're 11-1? and one? Man, I don't think uh, – I think BYU would be the at-large. Then so you have to out at-large, man. Don't forget, they're powerful entities you're in 11 and one. If you're 11-1, and one, you're like a top-16, top-8 team, right? Right? You would depends think. who's going – yeah. You no, I like your chances, but depends. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Jonathan Hawk on Twitter says, Yes, BYU's schedule will get more respect nationally this year since they play four teams that are in the preseason top 25, according to the coaches. Two to three of the scheduled teams could be conference champions. As a result, BYU could lose one to two close games to better teams and still make a New Year's Six Bowl. But again, it's just fewer spots. Unfortunately, it's just a worse shot, right? All right, Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Went to Girl Dad Camp. It was awesome. Thanks to uh, Heather Olmstead, Dilji Taylor, Lee Kamard, and everybody involved. It was fun to see. David Almodova, Danny Bauer, Ben Murdoch, Bart Jepson, Fernando Pessoa, Jonathan Aleman, former athletes. So much fun there. So much fun. Who danced the best, though? That's the real question. Everybody was posting about it. Who danced the best? Not me, but it was fun. It wasn't Brian Santiago either. (laughs) Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. Sorry to Dennis. Ran out of time. For Jeremiah Spencer, follow BYU Sports Station on social media, 2.30 Eastern for live post-practice interviews. See you then. Go Cougs.